Welcome to Thinking Into Success. I'm Dr. J.A. Jones, your spiritual coach, encourager, and friend. I'm here to help you find spiritual solutions to real problems. Each week, we deliver solutions to issues you're facing in life or someone you care about. Let's get started. Today we're going to talk about ACE, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Now we're going to speak on this particular thought or this particular topic, ACEs, Overcoming Difficult Childhoods. I'm going to bring the aspect of discipline, how discipline is important in addressing a difficult childhood. The scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Now, I am a certified ACE facilitator for ACE overcomers. It's a program, it's a 12-week program where we share, teach, instruct, present videos, literature, all of those things, workbooks to help people to understand how to overcome a difficult childhood. We give science as well as scripture and put those together to help people to find the best solution possible so they can move from dysfunction to function so they can be able to function better in life, relationally, financially, emotionally, spiritually, and physically in any aspect of their life. So I'm going to talk about it in the next coming podcast. So I want to hit it hard on this particular podcast. I am only going to give you some excerpts of one of the lessons that I present. This is an excerpt from lesson eight, as we address the power of a renewed mind actually is the transforming power of a renewed mind. So as we go forward, there are biblical principles to help all of God's people and all of his creation to overcome the emotional, physical, and spiritual effects of abuse and dysfunction. There are so many things I want to talk about today, but I'm going to get started. I'm going to go forward right now and talk about the disciplines needed to retrain your brain and reset your nervous system. People are on the edge. People are nervous. People are not thinking healthy. Their dysfunction in the way of their thinking. It's just all over the place. So I'm going to help you today to help you kind of keep your composure when things get hot and heavy in life. This particular program, ACE Overcomers program, is an evidence-based effectiveness. So it has been proven to be effective as we bring science and scripture together. 
and let's talk about it just for a few moments in this particular lesson. I have a lot to say in a short time to say it in. And I want to help you. That's my goal. That's my passion. I have experienced some personal aces in my life or adverse childhood experiences that has impacted my life as an adult. I have shared that with you in previous podcasts. There is an A score. We won't address that today. We will not address the A score today. In the next coming weeks, we will to help you to understand that you may have an A score that you're not aware of. And because you're not aware of, you are being impacted in life and you're not functioning as a healthy adult, whether you're a man, woman, in relationships, in your finances, at work, with your coworkers, or in the community. And this program or this message today will help you to get to a better place. That is my goal. Now, let's get started. I will pay attention and control how I respond to God. That's the first point. You will pay attention and control how you respond to God. God is your source. God is the strength of your life. God is your creator. Now, I'm going to give you mainly scriptures today to help you to understand what the scripture has to say about retraining your brain and resetting your nervous system. Here it is. The first thing is this, as it relates to how I respond to God. I will place my faith in Jesus Christ to save and indwell me. There's a principle in Romans that tells us if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. Why is that? Because with the heart you believe, with the mouth you confess unto salvation. And part of that process is getting your heart right with God. You have to repent. You have to admit your, you have sinned. You have to admit it to God. And to repent actually means to change directions. It's also a change of heart. There's so many people today are running from God instead of running to God with their problems with their sins. So the first thing you have to repent and get it right and confess. And I guarantee you, you'll be on your way. Here's the other thing on the first point as it relates to how I respond to God. I will have daily time with God in prayer. It is important as God's creation, as a Christian, to have daily time with God in prayer. What is prayer? I'm going to give you a scripture as it relates to the importance of having daily time, but prayer is just a dialogue. It's simply talking to God and listening to God. It is no more complicated than that. <laughs> People have a tendency to making things more complicated, but that's all prayer is. You have to be sincere, but just talk to God about anything and everything then listen to see what he has to say back to you. You want to praise God. You want to give him thanks. You want to show some level of appreciation to God for his blessings upon your life. Now, here's the scripture. 
in Psalms 88 and 9, it says, I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Wow, that's awesome. Here's the second point, how I respond to God's word. I will read scriptures daily. Psalms 119 verse 9 tells us, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Now, people be young and people become old. It doesn't make a difference whether you're a teenager or you are in your 40s or 50s. You still should read the scriptures daily. I will memorize and meditate upon scripture, how I respond to God's word. This is the second point. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That means against God. Psalms 1 verse 2 tells us, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Here's one of my favorites, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The third point in how I respond to others. I will be attentive to others and moderate my responses to them. James chapter 1 verse 19 tells us, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Proverbs 21 and 23, whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Proverbs 16 and 32, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. This is how I respond to others. This is one of the ways for us to have this understanding. And when we get to this point, it will help us to be less nervous and we will reset or actually retrain our brain and our thinking will be in a better place. We must learn to respond and not react to stress because stress will hurt you. Stress will cause you to be sick, get sick. Stress can kill you, but you have to learn how to respond to situations instead of reacting to situations. When you react, you react out of emotion. When you respond, you're responding from intelligence and information that you have attained in life. Here's the other point under how I respond to others. I will be responsive to spiritual authorities. Authorities comes from God. That's in James chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Here's another one. I value the fellowship of God's people. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsake the assembly. 
I kind of paraphrased it, but we should not forsake the assembly of other like faith believers or people that are serving God. Within the fellowship, when we gather with one another, it strengthens one another. We sharpen one another. We are encouraging one another. You realize you are not alone. Sometimes you think you're alone, but when you talk to somebody else, you see that they are going through some similar situations just as you are. So it's important to value the fellowship of God's people in your life, without a doubt. Now, here's the fourth point, how I respond to adversity. I will respond to adversity with faith and joy. <laughs> you have to do it. <laughs> James chapter one, verse two and three tells us, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, this is something you must know. People are ignorant today. They are not knowledgeable. Okay, I'm gonna say it that way. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. People lack patience today. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. Patience is still a virtue. Patience must be developed. God's plan is for you and I to be patient. People hate patience. They hate waiting in line. They hate traffic. They just hate waiting when they want to go forward and accomplish something and accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish. But you have to be patient. Now, you have to slow down as well. Slow down your responses and you must think, think and think. What is the appropriate response for the current situation? You may have to ask yourself that question. What is the appropriate response for the current situation? Here's another question. What are the possible results of my actions? By responding thoughtfully to stressful situations, you will retrain your brain to use the executive portion of your brain rather than the emotional. Here's another thought in relation to how I respond to adversity. I will think on good things and not dwell on negatives. Philippians chapter four, verse eight tells us, Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I will, have, I will live by faith and cast my cares upon Christ. I will live by faith and cast my cares upon Christ. Why is that? First Peter tells us, verse seven, chapter five, first Peter chapter five, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. <laughs> Guess what? Somebody do cares about you and cares for you and his name is God. He does. The fifth thing is this, I will pay attention and control how I respond to my spirit, 
and emotions. Here we go. I will not allow stinking thinking. You've heard that before. I will not allow stinking thinking in my self-talk or how I speak to others. Why is that? Well, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 tells us death and life are in the power of the tongue. What you say can impact somebody's mindset, their attitude, their heart. If you speak negative, if you're speaking from an emotional standpoint rather than from an intellectual or a spiritual standpoint, you're going to damage somebody because words can't hurt. But on the other side, if you speak life, if you speak a blessing, if you speak words of encouragement, you can help heal somebody. You can help somebody else be encouraged. I will be attentive of my emotional and physical and spiritual cycles of strengths and weaknesses and moderate them. So you have to know your attitude throughout the day. You have to know when you're in a good mood. You have to know when you're in a bad mood. You have to know your triggers. There are certain things or certain people can cause you to be in a bad mood or can cause you to be in a good mood. You have to know your emotional, physical, and spiritual cycles. I have overcoming power in Christ. Wow. I'm excited just to tell you that. I have overcoming power in Christ. Romans 8 verse 37 tells us, Romans chapter 8 tells us this, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Yes, we are. We're more than conquerors through him that loves us. I will not allow worry and stress to control me. Mm -hmm. I will trust God with every detail of my life. Galatians chapter three, verse 11 tells us this, the just shall live by faith. Here's number six, very important for you to know. I will pay attention and control how I respond to my body. I will not engage in health risk behavior because my body belongs to God. I will treat my body as Christ would treat his body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 speaks this to us. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I will be attentive to my health, knowing that my body will warn me when I am not trusting God. There are signals. There are feelings. There, there are things that you will know within yourself when you're not trusting God. You'll be on the edge rather than be content. You'll be fidgety. You'll be argumentative with someone rather than being at peace. Here's the scripture, Proverbs 3. You may know it already, but listen. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart 
and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Wow, you will become healthy when you trust in the Lord and don't depend on your own understanding. Don't depend on your emotional responses. Don't depend on what you know, but trust what God has said about you. That your body belongs to God, that you can overcome health risk behaviors. You do not have to engage in those things in life. Now, let's go forward. As these disciplines become a part of your life, you will. Say this with me. I will. Come on. Say, I will. I think I heard you say something. Okay. As these disciplines become a part of your life, you will better regulate your emotions, better control your thoughts and speech, discover more options for behavior, have increased health, have a more faith-filled and optimistic attitude. You are what God says you are. That's right. Do you realize that you are not required to say everything that comes to your mind? Every thought that comes, you don't have to say that thought or repeat that thought to anybody. You must choose your words carefully. A wise man speaks because he has something to say. A fool speaks because he has to say something. Hopefully you heard that. Because a wise man speaks because he has something to say. A fool speaks because he has to say something. It's important for you to understand that you can overcome a difficult childhood. And what I have just shared with you are just some things about disciplines that help and will help you to be in a better place to retrain your brain and reset your nervous system. People are dealing with all of these issues and they just don't know why. Now, I've given you some why today. I've given you some tools. I've given you some information as it is implemented in your life, as you put it into practice, I guarantee you, believe me, God's word is true. You will be less nervous. You will develop your brain in a better place. You will begin to think better because when you think better, you live better. Now, I'm going to address the A score today. I have just a little more time to share that with you today. I'm going to address that. I'm going to give you some questions. I'm going to ask you some questions and you are going to be able to total your A score because this whole program that I facilitate as a certified facilitator, Ace Overcomers program, aceovercomers.org. You can look that up. This program was put together to help you 
because there's so many people are still stuck in a rut. They're stuck and don't know why. Here it is. I'm going to read you some questions and you can take the test. You can write it down and then we will address some of these things later on. Here we go. How to find your A score, how to find your adverse childhood experience score. It's just a mini ACE survey. Okay, here it is. While you were growing up during your first 18 years of life, that's all this score is focused on. Now, some of the questions that I'm going to ask you, it may bring up some memories of the past. If you're 25, 35, if you're 29 and a half, 59 and a half, however how old you are in your 60s, because some people have not yet addressed their past. Because I know this for a fact, whatever you don't confront, you cannot conquer. So I want you to think about these questions today. Question number one, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down or humiliate you or act in a way that made you afraid that they might physically hurt you? Answer yes or no. Second question. Did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured? Answer yes or no. Here's the third question. Did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touched their body in a sexual way or attempt or actually have oral, anal, vaginal intercourse with you? Yes or no? Question four. Did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special? Or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other? Answer yes or no. That's question number four. Did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, or had no one to protect you? Or, this is question five, your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or to take you to the doctor if needed? Answer yes or no. Question number six. Were your parents ever separated or divorced? Answer yes or no. Was question number seven, was your mother or stepmother often, very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? 
I'm going to say it one more time. Not you, though, but was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Or sometimes often or very often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard? Or ever repeatedly hit at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or a knife? Now, this is question seven. Answer yes or no. Question eight. Did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or who used street drugs? Answer yes or no. Question nine. Was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide? Answer yes or no. Last question. Question number 10. Did a household member go to prison? Answer yes or no. Now, you have to total those 10 questions that I ask you and put a number and I'm going to address that particular number on the next podcast. If your numbers are at four, five, six, seven, or even at three, I'm going to share with you what that means for you now or in the future. That could cause dysfunction at a high level. It could shorten your life. It could cause relationship issues. It would cause financial issues. It would cause economical issues. It would cause you to not be steady on a job. It would cause several issues that I'm going to address the next time. But I wanted to give you this mini ACE survey to help you to find your ACE score. And again, ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. I know some of these questions may not have been easy to say yes or no, or some of these questions may not hit you at any point in your life. I'm pretty sure one of these 10 questions you could relate to at some level or at some point in your childhood, whether it happened to you or whether you saw it happen to someone else. And that's important for you to know. They put these questions together, I think with a survey of 17,000 plus people, and they had a good sample of people from different walks of life. And now we have ACE or adverse childhood experiences where people are addressing these issues and these issues has called a lot of problems in adulthood in many aspects. So I'm going to stop at this point with this particular podcast. So hope that you got some insight. I've given you some things to think about as you go forward in disciplining yourself by paying attention and control how you respond to God staying in control and how you respond to God's word, to others, to adversity, to my spirit and emotions, and to my body. Very important for you to know going forward because my goal is to help you 
to become better. As an adult, as a man, as a woman, as a wife, as a husband, as a mother, a father, an entrepreneur, a leader in the community, a teacher, a coach, a business person, whatever your desire is, you can become better at what you really want to do in life when you understand your adverse childhood experiences and how science and scripture will help you get better. Thank you for listening to Thinking Into Success. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, click the like and follow button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. I look forward to you being with us on the next episode. Until next time.